Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Anderson Cooper is back with season two of his podcast, All There Is. I'll sit down with President Biden in the White House for a conversation about the losses in his life and how he lives with them. I don't know anybody who welcomes grief, but you got to confront it. All There Is with Anderson Cooper is about how we can live on with loss and with love. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. My word is a Biden. They're always going to be with you. Listen to All There Is with Anderson Cooper wherever you get your podcasts. Wheelhouse DNA. I knew that there was a sense of almost like an emotional drowning. And I knew that the one sort of strong arm to pull you out of that was a constant belief and confidence that the sense of loss wasn't going to be defined in this sense of removal from your life, that it was just going to be different. And that all of that love and all of that goodness and that spirit and the most important aspects of what you and Bob shared still remains. From Wheelhouse DNA and Acast, this is Comfort Food, a show about life, loss, grief, celebration, and the meals that support us through it all. I'm your host, Kelly Rizzo. Happy holidays, everyone. Since this is coming out on Christmas Eve, we thought it would be fun to have an extra special holiday episode featuring my favorite person in the whole world, my sister, Kristen Rizzo. This is the season of family, and Kristen has helped me through so much. So I feel like it's only appropriate that we give her a bit of a spotlight. She is so wise beyond her years and comes in with some incredible, stellar advice, like always. So without further ado, please welcome my sister, Kristen Rizzo. I have a very, very special guest with me today, somebody who I have spent every single Christmas with for the last, I will not say how many Christmases, because she's my sister, my wonderful, beautiful sister, Kristen. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Merry Christmas. What a wonderful experience it is to be here. Didn't I recreate our our house really beautifully here? (laughs) Yes, this is exactly um, what it looked like, so... No, it's so sweet to have this little Christmas set up. I'm just so thrilled to be here. I know. This is very, very cozy. Very comforting. Very cozy. All right. Let me start by saying that we were and are very, very fortunate and blessed to have grown up in a household where we have a mom who takes Christmas very, very seriously. Extremely seriously. And... (laughs) Um, you know, our wonderful dad has just gone along with it all these years in terms of the decorations and everything, but explain to people because nobody truly understands until they see it firsthand what Christmas was like in our house growing up. Oh my goodness. Well, I would say everything that you can possibly imagine from a cinematic perspective of what that classic Christmas experience could have been that you see in a department store actually happened in our house. Yeah, that's, and it looked like a department store. A department store, but a 
you know, beautifully done Neiman Marcus one. <laughs> yes. It's so over the top, but, but yet it, it yeah. meant so much to her to give us that Neiman Marcus at home Christmas experience. Yes. And she did it from just the love of her heart. It's really who she is. It really is who she is. I think it's such an expression of her beautiful personality. And I think that that was infused within us over the years of always wanting to give that Christmas spirit. And it was always very genuine, but not just the decorations, also just um, her generosity. And, you know, we would always take on that Christmas spirit of, you know, being good to others in the community, of course. So um, it wasn't just decorations. It was also just abundance in and outside of the house. But with that also comes food. Lots of it. So we had our Christmas meals and Christmas dinners, it's interesting being Italian, I would always hear other Italians say like, oh, the Feast of the Seven Fishes. I'm like, we never did that. No. We, even though, you know, dad's Sicilian and couldn't be more authentically, actually fresh off the boat Italian, we (laughs) never did that Feast of the Seven Fishes because I think that is more of an Italian-American thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear, especially Um, from friends of mine who are on the East Coast. Yeah. It's more of that. I think it's more of an East Coast Italian-American thing, like, you know, let's think Sopranos-ish. Right. That type of thing. So we never did that, but we did have this interesting mixture of mom who makes the best Thanksgiving meal, but then we also always had Nana make pasta and meatballs and stuff. So we would have this, like, half and half of traditional American Thanksgiving food and Italian pasta and meatballs come together for Christmas for us. And it worked. Somehow it worked because mom's a great cook. And we had the quintessential Italian grandmother, Sicilian Nana, who, I mean, in my opinion, and I believe just from the opinions of everyone with whom, you know, we um, grew up and, people coming over to the house always said, this is the greatest food I've ever had. So she was the greatest cook. And it was all of just the classic Italian dinners that we had. And mom would always kind of like to incorporate some of Nana's, you know, style into her own style. I mean, this is comfort food. This is literally the name of your show. So veering off into these sort of majestic memories of Usually I trick guests into coming by saying I will feed them, but for you, you just wanted to have a cozy Christmas time with me, so I didn't have yeah. to. I didn't have to uh, trick you with the food. But since it is a little earlier in the day, um, we are going breakfast food. We are going breakfast food for a Christmas morning breakfast. Yeah, and so you kind of know what my favorite breakfast food is, and I kind of know what your favorite breakfast food is. So I ordered for you, and you ordered for me. I have a few favorite breakfast foods. One, am I, am I allowed to say it yet? whatever you want. One would have been an omelet with... Yeah, you loved omelets. Yeah, I love omelets. But today, I was interested in having, you can share, big fluffy pancakes and hash browns. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) That is a large stack of pancakes. I wasn't expecting that. And for Kelly, we ordered a classic Eggs Benedict. I love Eggs Benedict. I've always loved Eggs Benedict. And because I usually don't eat pork anymore, um, I will usually do like a smoked salmon Benedict or like a Florentine Benedict or something non-pork non, non pork product. Yeah. Um, 
But very smart. So uh, I, we we did go traditional today, and um, just not telling wow. anybody. All right, so dig in. Um, what I want to get into a bit is, um, you know, I've referenced it several times on this podcast already. Whenever it comes up, when people say like, "Well, how did you get through?" you know, your darkest time? How did you get through when you lost Bob? How did you, like, what helped you? What helped you? What helped you? And the through line is always, well, you know, Bob people. I love being around Bob people. But the number one thing, you're not a thing, but you're a person. The number one person slash thing that helped me through that time was you. I mean, number one, you know, like, of course, like his girls and his friends and his family and everything. But you were the most instrumental in being my live-in full-time therapist where you literally slept in my bed with me for an entire month at least. I mean, if you've done this before, like when I've gone through things too, but um, obviously I'm very, very grateful to you and always will be. You continue to do this. Always for me, whenever I have even just, you know, a bad day or, you know, weird anxiety or anything, you're always my literal <laughs> living therapist, which I'm very grateful for. But you truly, um, you know, were the person to be there for me 24 hours a day. Um, and of course, Kimmy too. And of course, mom and dad. That goes without saying. But I'm saying physically, you were there next to me and I knew that like you were always my first call when you know anything came up or whenever I just needed to like scream and cry like I would call you because remember for months and months after every single night whether you were with me or not with me I had to just call you and just cry hysterically on the phone and so really got the brunt of that but of course I know you'll say you're happy well, to do it. it's certainly not a brunt as it was um you know, an act of love, of course. And keep in mind, I was navigating those waters with you as far as, you know, needing that help and support, giving it to you as sort of a reciprocal experience is that I was helping, you know, my own emotions of how painful and difficult that was by being of service and help to, of course, my sister. But those, again, were uncharted waters for myself and for our whole family. And I think that it's an evolving experience that will always be there. And it changes as we change and grow through it. Bob is always part of our family. And, you know, there, there aren't really words about it that you can explain of how painful that time was. And, you know, just... Again, how we can really take that time and say, how can we look at this in a positive way? And I'm so proud of you and how you've been able to do that and share your experience with so many other people. And I knew from the beginning that this would be somewhat of a ministry for you to help other women who've experienced this type of loss from a husband or you know someone close to them. And I'm so proud of you as far as how well you have conducted yourself and been of service to others and have been so open and willing to share your feelings. Um, 
but again, it's something that I think that all of the people who um, have lost someone close to them, a family member or otherwise, all of the people close to Bob have their own unique experience as to what this journey has been like. And so, you know, I thank you so much for um, sharing those sentiments, but you helped me as much as I helped you. When you're going through it, especially when you're the spouse or let's say when you're the child or, you know, somebody like that's in the most direct line of fire of losing losing the person, you don't often think about the people who are comforting you that they're also grieving and going right. through the pain. So are you saying that maybe the thing that was most helpful to you was helping me? <laughs> And helping, well, I mean, obviously you were there for in Bob's a sense. girls I mean, too, I, I mean, everyone. Of but. course. I mean, I would have been there for you no matter what, but it was a double um, shot to the heart, I guess you can say, because, you know, Bob really became my and Kimmy's brother. We love him deeply. And losing him in as far as that place he held in our lives— and he always has that place in our lives. But I say it's not that it's gone, the relationship. It's just different. Right. Um, but there was a sense of sort of being underwater as far as the pain of it, losing him. But witnessing you go through that pain was just as painful. So it was like a, a dual type of pain of knowing you were going through all of that. Yeah, like for me, I was just... I mean, of course, I was trying to be there for his girls as much as I can. But in terms of, because it was so intense, like I was just kind of focused on my own pain, but you had to focus on your pain and my pain. <laughs> your pain. And of course, the girls, you know, whom we love deeply. Um, it was, you know, a whole family experience because um, Bob was such an integral part of our family. He had become that. And we, you know, we had just celebrated this wonderful Christmas with him. Um, just a few weeks before, a couple weeks before. Yeah, barely. And it was not such even. a beautiful we time. We did have, that was our first, I mean, obviously Bob and I had been together for many Christmases, but never in person because I would always come home to Chicago for Christmas and he would stay in LA um, because his girls would come in town. But then that last Christmas of 2021, he and Laura came to spend Christmas with oh, us. And so it was so special. So special. And I'm so grateful that we got to have that last I mean, first and last Christmas together. Um, and he had, you know, spent Thanksgiving with us as well. Um, but it was this magical time. And, you know, someone with the life force that Bob exuded every day. And to have that happen so suddenly was such a disorienting experience for everybody. And... um so it was it was hard to rationalize, I think, but as far as making sure that you had what you needed every day, because it was such a a painful experience, that was my focus. So yes, I was going through what I was going through, and of course, you know, Kimmy and the family and his girls, uh, but making sure that you were okay as far as much as you could be, um, and felt like your feet were on solid ground was my my main focus, no, my objective. You did that, I mean brilliantly and so strongly that, you know, every day I felt that, you know, no matter how horrible I was feeling, that at least I could 
talk to you and cry to you. And then you would just assure me, you'd say, look, this is horrible. I know it hurts. It sucks, but like, it will be okay. Like you will feel better. And, and obviously the big thing that helped get me through this was gratitude. And you were very instrumental in helping me focus on, you know, just being so grateful or, I mean, like how lucky was I that I got to have him for as long as I did. And obviously you were instrumental in that mindset. Right. Always bringing in the bigger picture, even though I was somewhat thinking off the cuff, even though it was coming from my heart because there was the pain aspect of it. But we live in this world that is fleeting for all of us. And when something like this happens, I think it's critical to put it into a perspective that is um, realistic for everyone and to reference the goodness of what we do have and to say how much of a blessed experience it is to not only have known him, but to have him in our lives that way. And that he has chosen you to be that person in his life whom he loved, you know, of course, outside of his girls more than anyone. And you're that, I say, torch bearer for him. And, right. you know, what a blessing that is, is that going forward, you have an opportunity to help other people through their grief and pain. Again, I know that everyone who's experiencing grief and anyone who has gone through a type of loss that was sudden, it doesn't have to be sudden, but something that sort of shook them to their core and how am I going to get through this? This is so foreign to me. What what does this mean for my life now? I think that you're you're being able to have that conversation with people through this um, uh, opportunity of this podcast. But um, I think that you're able to help so many people through their grief and then people can learn more about themselves. Well, I mean, you were very, so you're very good at like one-on-one talking to people directly and really honing in on what is at the core and like really how to help them where, you know, for me, it's more like, okay, I'll sit in this chair and my voice will go out to many people. And hopefully some of the things I say resonate with some people out there. Um, You're very good. Your ministry is more, you know, really talking to people one-on-one, which you do so brilliantly. But for me, like one thing that I, I haven't really talked about is that now thinking back, one thing that really, really helped me, and yeah, this is a little bit more in the metaphysical, spiritual realm aspect of things. However, thinking that, you know, he really was still here in a sense, it's just different. Just like, different. Like you, you said to me from very early on, you're like, you still have your relationship. Like he right. still loves you. You still love him. Like that love doesn't go anywhere. It's still there. It's just different. Like, he's still there. You just, you know, you can still talk to him. It's just different, you know? And I think that was really helpful in the beginning, too, because the thought of, sorry, the thought of, like, him being just totally gone, like, didn't, like, that's what was so, like, just such a pit in my stomach. I was like, wait, how can Bob, like, this force of nature, like, bigger than big, you know, life force, how can he just be gone? Like, that didn't make sense to me. Like, just, I'm like, it doesn't compute. You know, remember, that was a big thing I kept saying. I'm like, this just doesn't compute. 
Yeah. And by the way, I cry like every day. No, I know. And you see me cry all day every day. So it's like. Of course, of course. um, This is like not weird for me. Um, I remember it made me feel like a little bit more comforted and a little bit better to be like, no, it's not gone. Like, because that energy doesn't just like energy cannot be destroyed. Right. (laughs) You know, it's it's still there and he's still there in a sense. It's just it's just different. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know a bit about me and this show, you know I've been through a lot in the past two years. When I lost Bob, I struggled to make sense of what came next and how I'd get through the pain of grief. I found that it was so important to process my feelings, talk through it, and really take care of myself. Sometimes you just need or want someone to listen, and therapy is a great place to start. And therapy doesn't just have to be there for the big, life-shattering moments. It can help you navigate day-to-day emotions, problems, big decisions, and successes too. It really empowers you to be the best version of yourself no matter what situation you're dealing with. Life never stops coming at you, and it's important to prioritize a bit of self-care as you're managing it all. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is entirely online, so you can dig in from the comfort of your home or wherever you want to be. Sometimes it's hard to even find the time for yourself, but it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and work with your schedule. It's so easy to join. Once you fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll be matched with a licensed therapist. The best part is, if you don't connect with your therapist, that's no problem. You can switch to someone else at any time for no additional charge to find the person you feel most comfortable with. Learn to make time for yourself with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash comfort food today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash comfort food. Anderson Cooper is back with season two of his podcast, All There Is. I'll sit down with President Biden in the White House for a conversation about the losses in his life and how he lives with them. I don't know anybody who welcomes grief, but you got to confront it. All There Is with Anderson Cooper is about how we can live on with loss and with love. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. My word is a Biden. They're always going to be with you. Listen to All There Is with Anderson Cooper wherever you get your podcasts. That was never easy. You know, it wasn't like I was able to express these deeper meanings to you without it being a very, very difficult experience for me because I was and still am and to a degree will always be heartbroken over what happened what happened there's no it's just compartmentalized and at that time I knew that because I mean we're so close that I and one thing that has been an aspect of my humanity um, when it comes to dealing with other people is I feel what they feel Um, and so having it be you who's you know of course, you and Kimmy being the most important people in my life, I knew that there was a sense of almost like an emotional drowning. And I knew that the one sort of strong arm to pull you out of that was a constant belief and confidence that the sense of loss wasn't going to be defined in this sense of removal from your life, that it was just going to be different. And that all of that love and all of that goodness and that spirit and the most important aspects of what you and Bob shared still remains. Right. 
that doesn't change because, you know, time being this linear experience that we perceive it as really isn't. Um, All of those memories, all of those experiences, like radio waves, they go out forever. They never, ever dissipate. And like our life experiences, especially the ones that are most important to us, you have that in your heart always. And that's not, for lack of a better term, um, a euphemistic or Pollyanna way of looking at it. It's very true. And that's why I would always go back to the metaphysical understanding of our experience on earth as human beings, that beautiful energy and heart and love that Bob bestowed upon the world and all of the people closest to him is always there. And um, I just always wanted you to feel confident in that. So we would go over that and over that um, as much as we could. So that way that, you know, sort of brick by brick, you can have that house and shelter that you can dwell in emotionally. Yeah. I mean, you literally did that with me every, like every day, brick by brick, you would, and I mean, sometimes just like it is almost every day with you, you know, I come to you with like the same problem over and over. I'm like, this, and you're like, Kelly, we went over this and you might have to like lay the brick multiple times, but it's like sketching and then filling it in. And it takes some time before it becomes part of your sort of mental reserve. Right. But you know, it took, it took some time. Sometimes, as I said, you have to lay the brick multiple times, but it works eventually. And all of your advice was so sound and so perfect that, I mean, it really did help me get to the place where I am now. What advice would you give? Because you were so instrumental in helping me, your sister, get through such a difficult loss. What advice would you give to somebody else who, let's say, you know, whatever it is, like if you're the closest person to somebody and their spouse or God forbid child or something, like somebody lost somebody, to be the closest person to them, what is your advice? Well, number one, I would say that no matter what, you know, I I wouldn't suggest I'm an expert in this type of loss because everybody goes through their own journey and it's deeply painful and it's a journey and you will get stronger and grow through it. And again, I'm going to need the same advice throughout my life from you and from other people in my life. So I think it's important for our thoughts to always be on gratitude for what we have and with that person, what did that person bring to my life? If you can rest in gratitude at least that helps your mindset and that will ultimately help your heart. But going forward, understanding that you do need to reach out to the people closest to you in your, you know, your community of friends, not to isolate and um, know that you're going to be okay, I think would be my number one message. Thank you. And you were just so good at just listening too. And there'd be some times where, I would say to you or to Kimmy, oh, and by the way, Kimmy's like, you guys better talk about me. You guys Kimmy better talk is about me. The love of our lives. She's like, you know, I'm, you know, like, <laughs> I know sister. that, I know that, like, I'm not there right now, but like, she's guys, always here. I know, but she's like, you guys need to talk about me. She's like, don't, don't leave me out. I'm Dad like, said we're, I'm like, we're one kid with three heads. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that sounds funny. So, anyway, Kimmy, we love you very, very much. We love you more than anything. We wish you were here. You're the best in the world. Um, but, uh, 
sometimes I would say to you guys, and this is, you know, I don't know if this was a dynamic just among the three of us, or I'm sure this happens in general too, but sometimes when I would just want to explain my feelings in the moment, if I was crying and having a moment and I was hit with a wave of grief and I was just really upset and I just wanted to talk, you know, it's a natural inclination for the person not grieving to try to offer help and to try to offer a solution. And sometimes I would be crying and you and or Kimmy, and Kimmy did this a little bit more than you did, would say, well, well, maybe, okay, well, why don't you do this? And I would be like, no, no, no. Like, just let me just, I don't, I don't even need you to say anything right now. I just want you to listen. Like, sometimes I would call and I would be like, can you just listen to me cry? Like, you don't even need to say anything. Just listen to me cry. And then finally, it took a while for you guys, because that's not like a normal thing. That's not a natural thing. Like, it's, should be a conversation. I say something and you say something back or I have a problem and you want to solve the problem. But that's sort of that natural inclination is to want to be that salve to that person through advice. Right. But so sometimes though, I realized that I didn't want advice or I didn't want anyone to say anything. I just literally didn't want to sit and cry alone. So I would either pick up the phone or, I mean, you know, when you were at my house, you were just there. But then, you know, for months after when you guys, when you were um, in Chicago, I would just call you. And, you know, every night like clockwork, I would just call and just cry. And, you know, sometimes you would, you know, try to offer some advice or some help. And I would be like, no, no, no. I just, can you just literally listen to me cry? And you're like, okay, that's what you want. If that's what helps, you know. (laughs) I think I said it. With a little bit more <laughs> care than, okay. Well, you know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, well, I, and I understand. And again, that's something that we were learning too through the process. Right. I didn't is, I didn't know that sometimes no matter what you're going to say, it's not going to help. And it's not your fault. But right. nothing will help in this moment. I just have to cry and I just don't want to do it alone. So you're just going to listen to me. <laughs> and that was it. And you know? I got the hang of that pretty quick. Yeah, I did. remember the first few times I was trying to summon some sort of, um, you know, theoretical, well, not even theoretical emotional help, but advice in that moment of what is some sort of toolkit that I can share with her to, um, you know, excise her from this ground she seems to be sinking in. And I felt that, listening was that tool set for you. Yeah. So sometimes saying absolutely nothing is what the person needs. But you know what? That in and of itself, the sharing of those emotions, the letting it out mm-hmm. was what was necessary for you in that moment. Right. And so you're sort of night. sharing that baggage in a spe- and I don't mean baggage in a negative yeah, way, yeah. whatever that those emotional, um, baguettes <laughs> are um, just to say here can you hold these or can you have these and can carry-ons. I right can I give you these emotional carry-ons exactly as opposed to saying well this is the overhead compartment you should put them in you're like no just hold these for a little bit and you know what I appreciated you also just sharing with me what you needed so that I didn't go in a direction that wasn't helpful to you um, right but then what I also but, learned yeah. and this is something that I've said Also from the beginning when people, you know, you're talking to people who also have grieved and gone through a loss like this is that when you feel that wave coming on, see, that's what, when I would call you or when I would 
tell you to come in my room or whatever it was. It's because I'm like, oh, here it comes. Yeah. The wave is coming and it's about to crash over me. And then when it's over, I mean, not one of those conversations ever ended with me still crying when we hung up. You know oh, what I no, mean? no, it was, I had one objective. And that was right. to make sure that you felt uh, a sense of relief, kind of like pouring a bucket of cold water on a fire. And I knew what was necessary to put in that bucket to put out the fire. I just always did. And I knew that at the end of the conversation, when your sort of perspective would turn around, then, you know, my work there was done. <laughs> I mean, there was never a moment that every single second that I called upon you during, you know, for months and months and months, there was never a like, oh, again, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Can we just talk about this tomorrow? I mean, you were like, you know, like, ding, 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 like, you know, ready to serve <laughs> literally all day, every day for months and months. And so I'm, you know, I told you a billion times how grateful I am for you every day and continue to be because you still, you still do this for me every single day. Um, but well, I love it's, you it's, with all my heart. You know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's part of who I am, but part of your pain is my pain. And of course, you know, our sister, Kimmy. Um, and Let's any, not anyone I Kimmy. love. No, but anyone I love, I feel that way right. about. Their pain is mine. And so however I can be of service to that person and you, you being, of course, the closest person to me, that was very important to me. It wasn't just, oh, she needs this. I have to help her. It was, well, if she's hurting, I'm hurting. And right. I don't want to hurt that bad. Right. <laughs> so, I'm well, no, I'm very <laughs> blessed and lucky and fortunate to have such a selfless sister who literally put all of my needs before her own, which hopefully I can, you know, I know you don't need repayment of it because oh, it is your selfless heart that only wants to serve. Um, but, uh, you know, not saying like, oh, I hope, I hope you have a lot of pain one day that I can help you through. No, but you know, again, but- you do in, uh, Kelly, it's, it's different. You provide that for me in, in different ways. Yeah, I got you it's, pancakes. You got me pancakes. Um, these adorable Christmas pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Of See, course everything not, I but do no, that, it's, it's a gift to me, uh, to be able to be of service to others and, that's how I've always felt, but something this this big and this painful and shocking was, uh, it's kind of like you're in the ER and you need the defibs real fast and you have to kind of create them right. <laughs> for the person you know that whom you love more than anything to make sure that they're able to stand on that solid ground and kind of get up off the table and be okay. Well, and I have, of course, gratitude for that, but gratitude for you and being my sister. And I'm very, very, very lucky and blessed to have you. And Kimmy. And Kimmy. And I love you very, very much. And very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Oh, this is so wonderful. (laughs) I know. This this was lovely. We can finish our Christmas pancakes and eggs Benedict. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm very, very excited. I am so proud of you and this wonderful podcast that I I believe is just instrumental in being of service to so many people. And it's also fun and, you know, entertaining and that, you know, you get to experience these fun foods. You know, I love food. Oh, I love you. 
Thanks everyone for tuning in. I was thinking about a good recipe for breakfast food that we can add to this episode, but ultimately we were a little lazy and we ordered our breakfast in and I don't know if I'm the right person to teach you guys how to make a hollandaise sauce for Eggs Benedict. (laughs) So anyway, from everyone here at Comfort Food, we wish a very happy holiday season to you and your loved ones. We won't be posting an episode next week since we'll be too busy enjoying New Year's. So see you in 2024. Comfort Food is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Acast. Our executive producers are Fanny Baudry, Cassie Berman, Leah Sutherland, and yours truly, Kelly Rizzo. Our audio producer is Chiara Noni. Special thanks to Camila Goldenberg and Riley Oval rank for production assistance. Our audio engineer is Matthew Blocka. Our editor is Nick Karismi. This podcast is hosted by me, Kelly Rizzo. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.